All right, y'all. Welcome to the How We Got Here podcast. This is Accomplice with Chico Zorro, and our special guest today is Prisma. His name is Joseph. Yeah, his name is Joseph, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That's Aaron. I've kind of gotten used to, like, people, like, approaching me as Prisma now. Yeah. It's kind of become... Do people do that? Yeah, a lot more now, you know, over the last... uh, three to four months it's become a little bit more common for that to happen i kind of i don't know how i would feel about that some of it, it at first i didn't answer to it yeah. you know but prisma has been you know it's been a thing for me for since the og xbox days it was my original gamer tag oh, and that's that was cool. that was that's how cool. it came about it was actually kaylin's idea damn like a that's badass a gamer tag i mean that's kind of like stuck with you yeah, no, it's literally been like 15 years now that I've been using that. Yeah, like like mine, like a, my gamer tags used to be like Cloud Chaser. Yeah, because he was like working at a vape shop at the time. So <laughs> he, he was all about vapes. He had a little uh, lowercase x and the big x beside it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we used to give him so much shit about that. Oh, a cloud chaser's here. <laughs> I can't say much because I, I did those two for a little while. And then uh, I had one for a while. It was called like Peeved Pringle. That was funny. Yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> but yeah, like, like Accomplice, that, that came from whenever uh, we were... Um, it was like whenever you had your apartment yeah. and then we were having that whole dream of uh, like the rappers and everything that we were going to become <laughs> yeah. and it ended up being like a, like chosen in the accomplice <laughs> or something like that. Dude, that rolls off the tongue. I still like the way that sounds. Like that whole name. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a solid sounding name. Yeah. As a group thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so basically the first question I wanted to ask is, uh, so uh, first, when did you start DJing? And then what kind of got you into DJing? Um, I started a little over a year ago. Uh, you know, I started with EDM back in the day, you know, middle school and stuff old school Skrillex and my favorite was always DJ Blend and everything um, but I kind of fell off from it you know like most people you grow up listening to what your parents listening to so you know I had to develop my own taste in music and the first thing that kind of hooked me was rock so um, I kind of fell out of EDM because it just wasn't a thing for me at the time um, I heard stuff here and there but um, eventually um, I got convinced to go to Atlians in Lubbock and fell in love with it pretty That's much. That's crazy because that was like our first. Pretty much instantly. We saw. Maybe they have like an alien like power. To yeah, like they just pr- project it with their yeah. freaking wubs. <laughs> but I saw it and I was like, you know, that's a... Uh, I've performed and stuff before. I used to travel and play guitar and stuff with some guys oh, really in, a, cool. in a small rock band and stuff. But um, what was, was the name of the band? Uh, Heaven's Gate. Nice. Until we realized <laughs> that Heaven's Gate was actually a cult. Oh, yeah, I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I would have kept it honestly. That's even yeah. They were out of California and they convinced everybody to drink the Kool Aid. It was literally like where oh, that saying was... came from. Oh. 
I forgot that was called Heaven's Gate. That's pretty gnarly, dude. I would have kept that. Yeah. I would have tattooed that on my That would have been so metal. <laughs> dude, we had shirts made and everything, dude. It was, cool. it was pretty funny. But, you know, after that, I saw the way that the crowd was with everything, and I was like, I, I want to be a part of that. And yeah. then, because, like, that feeling when you're on stage and you see the crowd reactions, everything, you can't beat it. It's something that's hard to replicate. Um, so I started doing it with other people's mixers and stuff. I'd go to the house parties and everything, and I'd be using their mixers, trying to learn and everything. Mainly like uh, Josh, uh, DJ Hugo, and Snacks would bring his stuff over, um, Leo, and... Josh. Uh, oh, nice. Heck yeah. But yeah, so he was, a, he was a big part of like kind of pushing me in that way, because it was like, man, you kind of got a little knack for this but I think it was just like me already understanding music over the years being involved with it for a while um, eventually I bought a little small mini mixer that only had highs and lows didn't even have mids or anything like that oh, got yeah. pretty <laughs> solid on it you know I didn't listen to the advice of other people at, like go ahead and get something that would be you know, solid, it's going to last you a while because I outgrew it really quickly. You know, the stuff that I was wanting to do, I couldn't do on that. Mm -hmm. So, um, finally upgraded this past year and um, got the opportunity to start playing shows and everything because, you know, I, I'd never even thought about it really, like going and doing shows. That was just kind of something that I would do around the house for friends and everything. And then now it's slowly become something, you know, pretty you know, big. Here we are. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like what you're saying about the, like with my deck, the G DDJ 200, like I'm running into that now where I'm like, I want to do more things rather than just like cutting out the low pass and the high pass. Yeah. <laughs> Filters, extra stuff. You know, there's a million things that you get just having like the next step up from that. Like if you go to the 400, you know, there's so much more you get with just that. Yeah. And, oh. Like, I, I love my little deck. Like, I always remember it as my first deck, but I, I definitely <laughs> want to upgrade. <laughs> Ready to let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to take Josh's route with everything and do, like, one of the XDJs, the four channel, and add a couple of CDJs to the side of it. Oh, yeah. Because it's nice. cheaper than doing the mixer and multiple CDJs, doing, like, four CDJs, because, you know, there's, like, two, three grand a pop. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. DJing can get expensive. Oh, oh yeah. I worked on it. <laughs> Um, so my next question, basically, well, I had a question. Okay. So has like pursuing music always been a goal kind of for you? Cause y'all know you said you were in a band. So that means you've been kind of chasing music for, for a hot minute now. It was something that was always ingrained. You know, I'd always wanted to, you know, it's that dream that everybody has, but then life hits. Yeah. You know, and just now, since I've moved to Texas, you know, two and a half years ago, that's, you know, there's not a whole lot to do in this town, so... Not at all. It was Besides get in trouble, honestly. Pretty much. You know? <laughs> That's why there's so many bars. It's like, the only thing you can do is go around and get fucked up. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, music is something that I've always been interested in, but never really thought that it was possible that I could do it. Do you, you see, know? like, an end goal? So, I have... I'm, I'm a believer in setting goals, but I don't like setting large, you know, long-term goals like some people do. Like, you uh, like goals but not expectations sort of thing? Kind of, yeah. Like, I mean, I want to set something that's achievable. So right. I'll take little steps here and there at a time, and that's what it slowly become. Like, after my first show, I was like, all right, 
my next goal is Dallas, play in Dallas. Mm. I got a message not even a week later saying, hey, we're going to get you in Dallas. You're going to play on the rooftop, you know. Well, that's cool. So you're not sitting here thinking like, oh, shit, I want to be a fucking millionaire because of this one day. No, I mean, it was never really about the money. I mean, that's definitely a a bonus. I mean, it would be nice. I mean, (laughs) the the, the money is nice and all, but, like, it it wasn't, like, the main thing. It was just being involved in the music and behind the scenes and everything like that, getting to learn how things work. The production side of everything is so, so complicated but fun at the same time to me that's like the production side of thing is where the real like magic happens you know it's where like what you're really feeling most of the time yeah like we we just got back from going to see the weekend in dallas and you know his music's great and all he's not like my favorite or anything but when we went i was so absorbed in everything because the production was insane Mm. oh you're talking about the the weekend concert yeah like he had a giant glowing um, moon oh, and yeah. it would reflect different colors and it would literally change the whole mood in the room. I literally yeah. texted him about that and I was like, is that a whole ass moon? I saw your snapshot. I was amazed. I was like, dude, that looks fucking awesome. It was, it was, yeah, it was an inflatable balloon. I think they did it like to reduce um, like insurance and stuff like that because mm. if they did it on a solid one, you know, oh, yeah. if, that, if that thing falls... Somebody's getting hurt. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be insane. Like on the news, th- this just in, the weekend's moon has killed 17 people. <laughs> oh, it was funny too. Cause like I could see that they had the idea in their head that, Hey, this could happen. So they moved the seats like far out from it. Most of the other seats were all tight and packed. Cause they had 60,000 people in the stadium, but they had, large gaps around that so that nobody would get hurt oh hell yeah that's smart though that is at smart. least they're sitting there thinking about it yeah yeah you know at least somebody is have an astral world event <laughs> um so kind of how you were talking about like uh whenever you were growing up thinking like music being like a feasible option because you were a athlete before right yeah i've done sports pretty much my whole life i grew up with a baseball bat in my hand you know, I got to high school, and our school was pretty snooty. Uh, we were one of the largest schools in the state. So all of the uh, kids would get on the team, and they would be on the, the starting roster because their daddies would donate a lot of money to the booster. That's how it is around here in the middle of the and, Yeah, it's a common <laughs> issue pretty much everywhere. And around here, I bet it's a big thing with football because Texas is massive on football. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of the coach from that died also. the other day. If oh, really? Like, oh, yeah, I didn't I saw know something that. that said the coach from Friday Night Lights died oh, the other day. Oh, I was in his exes <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, don't mean to make it all depressing. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy that we didn't know that because we like grew up here. Yeah, you would think we would know. <laughs> I, just, I just saw it on Facebook. It was one of those little random news articles that pop up. And and so like um, transitioning from like being to an athlete to a musician, was there any like was it hard to transition or is it something that's always just kind of been like a part of you anyways? And it was kind of more of an easy going thing. So, so well, you uh, can be both. Yeah, you can be athletic and oh well, yeah, and that was what I did. Yeah. Um, because we had, our, our school had seven periods, you know, we'd move from like a block schedule, we'd have four blocks, and instead of that, we had the, the seven periods. So during the first half of the year, our first class of the day was wrestling, because that's what I did after I got out of that. I tried football for a little bit, but 
this guy that I went to school with um, who wound up being a four and a half star recruit linebacker. I was a little small wing back. He came around the side and hit me and I was like, ain't for me. <laughs> I don't like me. I was like, he's way, he's, he's way yeah. too fucking big to, to be <laughs> running up on me like that. So and to me, that was the best part. <laughs> yeah. Not, it, it was fun when you got to do that to somebody, yeah. but when it happens to you, it's a whole different thing. Well, I know. That's but, how, that's how I feel about firefighting. Like I was like, uh, the grunt work is not for me. <laughs> I was like, uh, more on the medical side. Yeah. I want to save people. I don't want to be doing the hard shit. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, it was, I would be at the school at 6 a.m. every single day for literally like six years. Damn. 6 a.m. And we'd, we start off with like four or five miles, but as the, as the time grew, we'd start getting to like nine, 10 miles. And we'd have to run that and then go inside and do three sets on the weights before um, we shower and then go to class. So I'm exhausted all day. You know, I was always the kind of student that never really had to study. Just everything just came to me. You know, I, my English teacher in high school hated me because I would fall asleep in her class. She had her own little superlatives, you know, like uh, most likely to succeed and stuff like that. She had her own ones for her class, and I was most likely to fall asleep. And she had pictures of me. She'd take a picture of me on my head laying down on the desk pretty much every <laughs> single day. And she had a compilation of it, like a giant thing at the end of the year with over a hundred pictures of me sleeping oh, but it's yeah. a little creepy thing yeah, yeah it, I really it, think about that. hindsight yeah I, I had a lot of creeps like i had several i i took spanish for two years and i don't know anything because both of my teachers got arrested in the middle of the year for like messing around with students and stuff mm, so that happened to one of our spanish teachers not like while we were there but yeah one of our junior high spanish teachers got caught doing that and a football coach yeah, one of, cool. <laughs> one of them was the, yeah, we had two Spanish teachers and a shop teacher all get caught in the same year. But, um, God damn. so I, I'd go to school, you know, first class would end at like 1030 and then we'd leave there. The end of the school day would be about four from four to eight was practice, but I would always have choir and stuff in between because we had to pick, um, extra electives to fill that half gap because during the first part of the year wrestling was the beginning of the class or the beginning of school and the after the second semester it was at the end of school so we had to do classes that could move around not be like a full year of course we could take them at a half at a time so i, I did that for the longest just because music was always fun and you know i did the whole all-state choir and everything you know i can't sing for shit, but i can follow pitch yeah. You know, I could read the music pretty well. Um, I can't, like, actually read it and tell you, but, you know, when I'm looking at it, I can tell you this is a step above, half-step, crescendo, decrescendo, and stuff like that. You know, I can read that enough. Yeah. Um, so I, I did that for pretty much all of school, and during that time, I was traveling and playing music. So it was just me and two of my buddies, and we started off in church and moved out from there. Because, like, it, it was cool to, it was an experience to, to get to play in front of people at, at church and all, but it, it wasn't quite what we wanted. So we wound up traveling around so all the South. So is Heaven's Gate? Yeah. Because it yeah, was like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> to start with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I probably should have clarified that's that. That's so funny. But. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like a satire. Yeah. <laughs> I say with uh, whenever you like make it big and everything, you should have like a whole like you know how sudden death has the void. You should have like a whole like show called Heaven's Gate. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like a that would be sick. <laughs> <laughs>
like BTSM, like welcome to the church. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So with you being like a, what made you get into like experimental dubstep as being like your like main thing that you like play or like what, what do you have like a whole array of like, I know you're a dubstep DJ, but um, what made experimental dubstep make, made that be the thing that's like, oh, like, that's really good sound in my ears. So, you know, I, I love all kinds of music. I appreciate everything. Like, almost on a daily, I listen to, like, 60s and 70s rock, you know. So, it, it like, I have no real set genre, mm-hmm. I, I feel like. I, um, I just kind of play whatever I like, and most of the time it winds up being some of the experimental stuff that's kind of like on the wonky side and a little bit weirder, I, you know, offbeat stuff. Um, I, I don't know why, I just enjoy it. I started off, the people that I was originally raving with, that was all they were about, Wakan stuff, you know, uh, I skipped Ilinium and slander at Ubby my first year to oh, see damn. Liquid Stranger with them. And I had a great time, but I wasn't into the music at that time, so it wasn't like, like it didn't stick with me. Cause I saw some greats that day, dude. Ganja, LS Dream, uh, Enzo, uh, just a ton of great Wakan artists and everything but I didn't appreciate it so much at the time. And then I got into dubstep after, um, cause after we got, like the Atlian show was literally two or three weeks before um, Ubby. I wasn't even planning on going and then they called me one morning and was like, hey, we got your tickets. And I was like, shit, fuck it. I'll uh, call out of work. I only had to call out one day. So oh, nice. bought the tickets and went and you know, I do not regret it. I do regret what I did afterwards, I spent like almost two grand on festival tickets for the rest of the year. I've oh, planned damn. festivals yeah, for the rest of the year. <laughs> I will say, though, it's honestly nice to have, like, just all the festivals and hotels and everything paid for. Because, like, um, whenever we first started going, it was that scramble to, like, okay, we got the tickets, but, like, fuck, we need to grab the hotel, and it's, like, a week away. <laughs> We're, like, the worst group of waiting until, like, the last. And there's a few of us that want to do it, like, early. Yeah. We always just kind of like push it off, push it off. Like, oh, we'll fuck it. Kind of wait for everybody else to. Yeah, yeah and then it'll be like all last minute. We're trying to scramble to get the same hotel and all kinds of shit. <laughs> it's fun to do that sometimes, but I'm a. I like to plan. I like to know like exactly, you know, like down to the minute and everything. I'm oh, real I'm a, well, I'm a freestyler. That's that's my comfort zone. But I I feel you on that because I like to have the least anxiety as possible as far as planning and like making sure like everything's good to go if things change within the plan then it's cool but mm. at least have a plan see i get bored with plans i like adapting like i don't know why i enjoy just kind of just going with the flow of it i used to be like that but as i got older it's just i want it's a lot things. smarter to plan like i will admit that <laughs> it's, a, it's a logical especially when you're talking about festivals and stuff because there's so many artists and everything you've got to look ahead of time and you know you know mark off who you want to see you know even if you wind up missing a set or something like that you're like okay you know i was 20 minutes late to this i'll just stay here go to the next one i low-key kind of want to be there the whole time Mm-hmm. Like a part of me wants to be there the entire time and just like, cause I like meeting people. That's my favorite part of festivals is like 
wanting to go around and talk to random people. Mm-hmm. Like that's that, to me, that's the best part. Yeah, we did that at uh, Freaky this past year. We stayed in one spot the whole time. We held rail um, day two like right in the center the entire day. I sat through a hard style set, which I can't stand hard style. Like, <laughs> I, I love all kinds of EDM, house, techno, stuff like that. It's not like my forte, but hard style, I can't stand Certain that. types I've noticed, like drive my anxiety like through the roof. Like I don't know what it is about it, but I'll just be like an anxious wreck the entire time. That's hard style for me. Yeah. But I sat for Vinny Vici because I wasn't gonna miss excision on rail. Oh yeah, no. yeah. Oh, but yeah, I, I totally feel you on the hard style thing. Like, hard style, it's just the constant... Yeah, it almost makes me want to, like, get into a fight. <laughs> like, I don't know why. It's like, just about it. change it just a little bit, make it some DMB, tolerable. Yeah, but hard style, like, uh, I cannot. <laughs> yeah, I can't think or anything. I'm like, I'm losing my fucking mind. <laughs> well, and, like, being a hard style producer, I'm like... Do you just load as many sounds as possible as you can into the preset, and then you just I like mean, I play? can see the appeal of it. Like yeah. I get it. It just doesn't like click that bell for me. It just makes me fucking caged animal. And when, <laughs> when you talk to people who love hard style, they're like, "Man, this pumps me off even more than like dubstep." And I'm like, "Dubstep makes you want to break shit. Yeah. How can you like? How is this more intense to you than than dubstep?" And, like, my thing with hard style is it's it's almost kind of like house for me. Like, I like house and techno and everything, but, like, I'm expecting the buildup and then just a total change, like a shift. Like I that think dubstep does. Oh, I interrupted you, sorry. Oh, you're good. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but, yeah, I, ex- I expect that shift because, like, with dubstep, you have that more of, like, it can be soft and then build up into, like, this, like, nasty drop and everything. It's, it's more structured, yeah. like, you know build up drop you know maybe some vocals in between into another build up and then drop yeah and then you got a song (laughs) (laughs) how to make dubstep 101 yeah (laughs) follow us for more tips (laughs) (laughs) um so was there a specific song that like made you fall in love with electronic music in general not a specific song. Or like a, a specific artist. Yes. My first that like just pulled me in was Sullivan because he has that perfect mix, in my opinion, of live performance in his set. Like he doesn't stand behind the decks the whole time, which, you know, I do that. So like I can't say a whole lot, but I I like his style so much. Um, I, as far as like experimental and stuff, it kind of started with LS dream listening to some of his stuff you know I went through all of his older stuff um, just because of how much I enjoyed it nice <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah um, cricket sound yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know where to go from there so um i guess i i can ask another question but um and so you said like you talked about it a little bit earlier like um you listen to like more like rock and all that growing up um did you have any like outlandish like like i guess what what, what do people call it like your uh like your closet playlist that you oh, don't want people that to... no one hears yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no definitely it was all like death metal and stuff. Yeah. But it was great motivation in the gym. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anything like super hard and loud like that, 
was really fucking <laughs> yeah like job for a cowboy in a two-minute machine oh, my go-to yeah. like boy i'll hit them weights <laughs> nowadays for me it's either dubstep or some sort of like hardcore rap that's like really fucking driving a point home <laughs> like the like flatbush underachiever stuff like that is really lyrical fast just like yeah just line after because i can like hone in on the words and then I'm not thinking about anything else other than the words and like what my hands are doing. That's what I listen to it for. You know, the, the production side of everything, you know, if you have the, the, just the vocals, it's nothing. And if you have just the instruments, it's not much either. You know, I listen to it multiple times to try and understand what they've done on both sides yeah. for that exact reason. Oh, well, I think like some rappers, like not all rappers, but some rappers, it's amazing how they can write a beat you know like they can say so much and like be right on fucking beat every time like to me that blows my mind like that shit's hard like that's not an easy thing to fucking do yeah like whenever i was trying to be a soundcloud rapper like yeah peep my old shit on soundcloud <laughs> <laughs> like i i i ended up being more like one of those like sing-songy kind of rappers yeah that's the easy way i'm not like hating on you oh, no. yeah, good but that's like the easy way like counting beats and stuff like that like the lyricists like that's yeah. that's the cool shit to me like <laughs> it that, that that takes a certain level of like ear you have to be able to hear it yeah and like a certain level of like brain power to like hear it and fucking react to it all at the same time yeah, it's yeah. a it's a multitasking the entire yeah. time. You're, you're, if you're rapping, you're sitting there multitasking. Yeah. It's like a flex of your brain, kind of. <laughs> See, like I, I always uh, listened to like metalcore growing up, like A Day to Remember, Asking Alexandria, like that's uh, when everyone was like wearing like cowboy boots and like Wranglers, and I would show up in Vans and skinny jeans. Like you a had band like team. multiple phases you yeah. went through. Oh, school. I did too. Yeah. That was the same thing because I went through my rock and then. Being in Alabama, you know, country's literally fucking everywhere. Went oh. to my cowboy boot phase too, but I literally dress. I my music taste shifted a lot, but I dressed the same. Yeah, throughout like all of high school, like I and never see, changed the way. I mine dressed. like whenever I li- was listening to a different type of music for like that month, you would or whatever. embody that. Yeah, I would embody music. the music. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like every other week, Aaron would be a total different person. Like I would show up as a cowboy one week and show up like dressing more like Mac Miller the next <laughs> and then go about right back to the metal core like scene outfit. I stuck to the cowboy look and that was pretty much me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's when we were all dipping too. Uh, I, uh, I, I even when, when, that makes me want to throw up just thinking about that. Yeah. My dad like would buy it for me. Uh, <laughs> my parents hated it. They hated that I did it, but I just kind of just did it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> my, my parents were like, our parents bought it for us, so why would we not buy it for you? Yeah. They were all just like, the type of people they are like, if you're going to do something, do it here. So you don't get in trouble. Or yeah, that's kind of how my like parents that. were with like drinking and stuff. Like they would let us hang out in the backyard and stuff. They were like, just don't go out and die. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like just try and come home alive. I was like the, the beer bitch for my dad and his friends growing up. But they would always reward me with a swig of it as soon mm-hmm. as uh, I'd hand it off to them. They're like, beverage? And I'd run. Beverage. <laughs> I'd, run smokes. I'd run to the fridge, crack it, take a swallow and hand it to them. <laughs> Damn. Do it for like every beer, and then you finally get to like one full beer. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And that was like I remember, like those are early memories, like four, five, six. Damn. 
that's early to be taking swigs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, so like I grew up with my dad and them, or most of my mom's side of the family was all like druggies and stuff like that. So like at the time I was like, oh, I'd rather be around drunks than, you know, meth heads and stuff like that. So I'm like kind of the opposite. Like I grew up with an alcoholic. You like being around No, methods? not like that. Okay, <laughs> let, me, let me rephrase that. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> Like, I grew up, like, around alcoholics, so it always kind of put a bad taste in my mouth, and when I kind of felt myself going down that same path, you know, so me and drinking, I've always had a bit of weird relationship. Like, I th- every time I drink, I think about it. Like, I don't want to end up like that. Yeah, you know? I guess that was one good thing, is, like, nobody was, like, an alcoholic in my family. They all like drugs for some reason. So like for some reason, we all know why. But uh, the first time, like I smoked weed, my dad was growing, and he didn't know that I knew. But uh, I ran into his closet where he was growing, broke off a little nug, and taped it under my uh, dresser to let it dry. I googled how to do everything, you know, like how to grow weed and everything like that. <laughs> And uh, smoked it out of a receipt paper. Nice. Oh, nice. The ink and everything. Oh. Man, that must be nice. That sounds relatively nice. I've always had to go to, like, shady-ass motherfuckers. Like, yeah. trying to get weed. Like, yeah. shady. Like, Buying shady weed in shady. high school was so... Yeah. Like, you had to deal with some, like, characters just to try to get, like, three grand. Well, <laughs> I, I've definitely went through that, but, like, the first person I bought weed from was my dad. See, that's nice. There's no way in hell that would ever happen. I'm like, yeah. It's <laughs> like, I know I'm not going to get shorted. Yeah, you know. And if you, if, you, if you did get shorted, you know where to get the rest of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just be like, mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I claim this. Um, so, like, you, you already talked a little bit about, like, what your childhood was like growing up. Um, but, like, uh, was there any music that your parents played that kind of had an influence on like your music style and music taste today? I mean, not so much just because I, I listened to what they played so I didn't really have, like it, it wasn't my style because my dad, you know, growing up in Alabama, it was like either really old country, you know, Merle Haggard, you know, Hank Williams, stuff like that. But his flip side, when he was selling everything, was Biggie, Tupac, stuff like that. So <laughs> the class, like when you walk in, it's like <laughs> pretty much. You can't um, go wrong with either of those. That's yeah. awesome to both Biggie and Tupac. They said that like I knew the lyrics to "Baller" by Lil Troy mm. uh, when I was four. I could hit every word. Dude, that's cool. That was me with Eminem, like my whole life. <laughs> I knew like every word. <laughs> I love him, dude. You see um, that new beef that he's got? Oh, he's got with a new the beef? game with game. Yeah, yeah. I sitting there talking all this shit. Oh, I didn't know anything Did you see about Haley this. Said? The, Haley kind of dissed him, girl, yeah. Hardcore. <laughs> yeah. She, she was, was like, like, people, people have to, are uh, so irrelevant that they have to put my dad's name and everything in order to hit the spotlight. Damn. That just proves how big he is, too. Yeah. You know. Like every, every, cause I don't know. He, he he put himself in that position of being like one of the best disc rappers, you coming know? from nothing. Yeah, I don't know. A part <laughs> there's always a part of me that believes like I don't even want to say, it, but like part of me believes his story is a little bit. I don't know. 
don't know. Like because like it's like way the fuck out there. Like his whole like life story is like everything bad that could possibly happen. And to me, like I'm I'm a I'm a questioner. I'm like oh, I find that a little hard to believe that it was that fucking bad. You know, like it could be. I'm not I don't saying know, it can be, be. You can be surprised. Oh, I know. I'm just I don't know. I don't know. Like as I know, like once you get the taste of fame and like oh shit, they like how bad and fucked up this is. I mean, you can easily exaggerate the fuck out of that just to keep that ball rolling, just to be that guy, to be the Slim Shady, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know. That's just a weird question when I think about him sometimes. Yeah. I can see that, though. Because I know it'd be hard for me not to. Yeah. Like, if I got put in that position, like, it'd be hard not to just, all right, let's just keep this going. Let's just see how far we can take it. But then you think people have a life outside of what you see that's very true. So there's a lot behind that you don't his current, see. His life just currently is fucked. I mean, he's still single. And uh, half his music is about how heartbroken he is. If you really listen to mm-hmm. his lyrics, like, he's a heartbroken man. Yeah. And that's really what it is. <laughs> at the core of it. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. Chico Zora is calling out Eminem. I'm not calling him <laughs> no. out. That's a good thing. No. Well, I shouldn't say that's a good thing, but <laughs> that's a soulful thing. Yeah. That's a... That's a He's rapping about what he feels. Yeah, you just have to pay attention to understand it. You know, it's he's one of those people you gotta like really fucking pay attention to. Yeah. Or he just sounds like an asshole and a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I love him in interviews too because he acts all weird and like, like off to himself. Like I don't know if y'all watch those uh, like complex like sneaker like where they take um, celebrities to buy sneakers and shit oh I saw that one yeah and the whole time he was just like staring at them all weird and he's like he's a fucking weird guy yeah. like he just I think he does if I was him I would do it on purpose he's I so, would just be as weird as possible just because he can he's yeah. so extremely <laughs> rich and he what, he turned around in that video and he had to ask he was like hey can I afford these yeah <laughs> <laughs> no one damn well he could he has a restaurant now yeah Mom's Spaghetti oh yeah, yeah which that's sick that's such a cool idea. <laughs> I had the idea to make like a, like a dubstep bar. I forgot what I made the name. I think I called it like Headbangers, and like to have like a somebody at the somebody at the rail with a beer, and it's like like you're headbanging the beer to your face. <laughs> you're smashing it into your mouth. <laughs> uh, reminds me when I smashed my tooth out. It used to be really bad on Xanax for after I got out of high school and. Um, I got a funny beer story with a tooth too, or a story. Yeah, <laughs> I'd taken a couple and then decided to take another one and split it in half and put it in two forties and played Edward Forty Hands. And I guess at some point throughout the night, I smashed a bottle to my tooth. I woke up the next morning, go to brush my tooth, and a giant chip falls out. Mm. Didn't hurt at all, but you could see a sh- like the nerves and everything. I don't know why it didn't hurt. Went for several years like that finally over the last year i just had it removed and that was it's been six seven years now Damn. we were at a party in high school one time and this giant fucking cowboy like we were just standing there smoking cigarettes oh, I think. chestnut yeah and we were just standing there choking and he was one of those dudes like he would get to this level of drunk where he just wanted to like be aggressive and he just like dead sprinting at me and I remember very vividly thinking, like, he's not going to run into me. Like, he's just trying to scare me, you know. And then I, <laughs> I was taking a drink, and boom, he ran into me. And that beer bottle, like, lodged into my front tooth. And for years afterward, like, it didn't chip nothing. Like, I was looking, nothing chipped, nothing broke. But it just fucking was so sensitive at this tooth. 
Like even to this day, if like something cold hits this dude, yeah. it hurts. Like it reminds me of that moment. Dude, that was me with uh, when John O'Leary broke my collarbone. <laughs> John is a mountain of a man. So, okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the story a little bit. So we were at a theater banquet at, out at Kiwanis Park over by Goddard. And um, we were playing tag. Like, seniors in high school playing tag. <laughs> oh, no, we did that. We had an entire day. Like, our our senior day was literally just field games. Like, tug of war and shit like that. Oh, Red Rover. Yeah. We were too rough. They didn't, yeah, like, but... It wasn't a sanctioned thing for us. Yeah, 400 <laughs> seniors playing Red Rover. Ooh, someone's oh, getting hurt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, we were, yeah, we were playing tag. Um, I was, like, kind of off to the side because I didn't want to get tagged. And they tagged him. And, like, we locked eyes, like... Uh, gazelle locking eyes with a cheetah and so I'm the gazelle and I started running <laughs> I just started running and like I was like he's not gonna tackle me like like we're not playing rough like that and then I just like I remember seeing sky and then ground <laughs> damn he like slammed you yeah and then like I rolled over and I was trying to like call for help to my girlfriend at the time, but like you know when you got the wind knocked out of you and you're just like, <gasps> I'm like help. <sighs> and then finally when they came over, like uh, one of the parents was like, don't want to alarm you, but your collarbone's broken. <laughs> I, I ended up having to having to get a metal plate and everything. Like oh. Still to this day, like, I have this, like, metal plate right here. You can see, like, the screws and shit. Oh, I can see it from over here. Yeah. And that's John O'Leary's fault. I have a cadaver. I have a piece of a dead person inside of me. Damn. He's, like, a big dog. <laughs> yeah. John. Like, if he gets excited, like, you gotta watch out. He'll fucking like fuck you Like a St. Bernard, just a giant baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's he, He's, like, he's always, ever since we've known him, he's always been, like, the most athletic person you've ever seen. Like, he Just can do naturally. anything. Yeah. yeah, he can pick shit up with his toes. Like, he's a scary guy. Like, he's I like a never... monkey. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, we, me and him will always be friends. I don't want to be his enemy. Yeah. <laughs> that was me and that dude that flattened me. And Monte Cabana playing pro football now. Oh, nice. damn. At least he got, like, fucking taken out by someone worth the shit. Oh, yeah. No, he, <laughs> he was a, a red shirt at Louisville. And it was solid. Damn. He was always that dude that was like fifth grade was already almost six feet and was just towering above everybody and just dummy athletic. We had a few friends that were like young in junior high. They were like full built, like grown men. And we're like, what the fuck are you? Like, we're kids running around. <laughs> like uh, Austin Gober. Austin and Robbie. They yeah. were like, they were, they were like, like way ahead of everyone else. Like, they were already like squatting like crazy amounts of weight yeah and it was like how is that even possible steroids <laughs> no, I'm just uh, that young though i don't how know how would you even get a hold of that dude oh like so this dude austin that we were talking about he looked like a little mini brock lesnar yeah like he was that huge yeah he came he like was came from a different school a different place and he just showed up like the hulk like he was short though like he wasn't tall but he was a short just stocky kid and he was like already like looked like a full-grown man uh, dude, I remember when I had that fight with Joseph, and like that's when me and Austin were cool. And then so uh, I always forget I, that happened. Yeah, I went to him and I was like, "He's trying to press charges now." And I mean, like it was stupid. I was like, "Who fights in high school and tries to press charges?" Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't even like a big fight that got broken up by like a big crowd. Yeah, it was, it was like, like it happened in private. Yeah, it was like one or two public. punches, like when we were running the mile. And then I was like, "We should probably get back before like anyone." Whatever, and then we so we ran back, and then he went straight to Coach Dempsey, and I was like, "You little bitch!" 
<laughs> not calling anyone out like we're good now like yeah, whenever on, i worked at planet fitness like full on name drop we would like <laughs> we would like see each other and it's, it's all cool <laughs> you heard it here first how we got here exclusive <laughs> all right um so uh so get kind of getting into the drip collective stuff um how did that all like come into fruition? Like, was it, did you hit up like big a or did he kind of hit you up? Uh, it was me hitting him up first. Um, I hit him up to play at Kong's in Lubbock where he, he does the underground Wednesday, um, every single week. And I went out there and played and, you know, he enjoyed my stuff. You know, I think he did at least. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> but, um, you know, after that, it was just kind of like like minds we never like said anything specific but it was like you know we have a similar outlook on music and everything like that so it just kind of slowly became a thing and you know over time doing shows and stuff with him because i've done a couple with him now um after this after party that we just did with carbon and dirty snatcher it was like He's like, look, y'all aren't always going to have me around forever. Uh, I'm trying to show you guys these things so that, you know, uh, you can have your own thing. You don't have to, you know, just rely on us for everything. So yeah. He's kind of like a master Yoda. Yeah, he's he's been a great mentor, dude. He's he's such a genuine guy. Oh, yeah. Like with the, like even like the few interactions I've had with him and Erica, like Erica's dope too. Um like it's always just been like like brody you killed him man like <laughs> dude like we're, you're, you're going places we're all going places like this is all like the drip collective is about the movement it's not just about anything i was like i feel like you're like like my like, like i don't even know like i just feel like welcomed like a hug every yeah. time i talk to big a <laughs> that's just the kind of person he is yeah. how long has the drip collective like been around so to my knowledge, it's been a thing for a while. They used to call themselves something else. I can't remember what it was. Um, Big A told me it one day. Um, but then the Drip Collective became a thing. It's really just a group of friends that, you know, lift each other up and support each other, help yeah. each other hit that next step. And, you know, we've had several people like Big A and stuff like that who have, you know, put such a dent in, this, in the music in this area. You know, when you think of EDM in, in this area, Big A's name is one of the first that you think of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. But yeah, like, um, yeah, and, uh, like, after the Carbon and Dirty Snatcher show, like, um, like, because I, I tend to be more to myself. Like, I won't talk to anyone unless they talk to me, really. I guess that's just, like, social anxiety. But, like, yeah, him, and then, like, when Erica came up, because I had hit her up to play at Kong's, and then, uh, finally afterwards when we were about to leave she came out and she was like uh hey i just want to introduce myself like uh i i saw that like the whole mask thing and i figured that was you <laughs> and then like we had like like i told her like my life story in like five minutes <laughs> <laughs> it's completely opened up <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they're great people dude hell yeah um, i think big a wants to come on it's yeah because like, i mean, uh, yeah, because I was planning, I was thinking maybe we could uh, get them on whenever I go play at Kong's in September. Just oh, like way. do it over there? Like kill two oh. birds with one oh, stone. Oh, that'd be sick. I'm, I'm 
That's kind of like our big goal for this. I want to be able to travel around. Yeah. And take this little setup wherever the fuck we go. Like, that'd be super cool. Hell yeah. Um, let's see. Um, so, like, I, I kind of talked about this with, like, Jaime a little bit in the last episode. Um, and you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier. I just kind of want to hit it again. Because um, I know from when I feel it, but, like, whenever, um, like, you said basically like you fell in love when you saw how people like react to your music and like like i view it as kind of like an addiction now like it's almost unhealthy for me <laughs> <laughs> it really it could, is it could become a problem real fast yeah. i mean the feeling's addicting that's why you continue it and keep well, going well i know i may touched on that how you can get caught up in the in like the i mean this isn't his words this is my interpretation of his words but like you can get caught up in that limelight you know, then all of a sudden, like, your ego just shoots through the fucking roof, you know? <laughs> yeah, you constantly having to check myself, because, you know, even when I, I feel like I've done bad on stage or something like that, people are still coming up, and they're like, I'm a great set, blah, 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 and, you know, it's it still boosts you and stuff like that, so you, you're constantly having to check yourself to avoid those problems. Yeah. Well, well being that- the person that kind of, like, slides through the crowd, I mean, very rarely... Do I ever notice if y'all, like, mess up? Yeah. You know, like, very rarely will, like, I'll, like... Unless if it, like, the music completely turns off, nine times out of ten in oh, the crowd, like, you're not gonna... It is such a weird unless thing. Unless you're another DJ and you're listening. Yeah. It. Yeah, that's a big thing, micro-analyzing. Yeah. And it, it is a weird thing, like, because even whenever I was, like, in a band in high school, like, and we did the talent show, like, I was stressing the whole time being the lead singer. And, like, like we didn't practice, like, we were doing full Nirvana kind of shit. Like, would don't practice, just play. Just go for it. Yeah. It and was then, good. I remember the talent show. That was real good. Well, because, like, whenever you're listening to it, like, yourself, and you're there, and you're doing it, you're like, oh, I'm fucking up so much. But then, like, I saw a recording, and, like, had people, like, tell me how good I did, and they were like, and I was like, this is a completely, like, night and day difference. Like, I think just because you, whenever you, it comes down to you're the one, like, you're the puppeteer yeah. controlling everything you always notice the little kinks especially if you practice in or something you're your else own worst different critic. Yeah, yeah. that's with everybody well actually that's not with everybody I think it's a good thing to be your own worst critic some people don't have that critical voice in their head and they just do whatever yeah <laughs> you know like I think that's a good thing to have like kind of keeping yourself in check yeah like those embarrassing people on like American Idol yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly you can see the people that don't have that critic inside of them or like are scared of criticism they need a Simon yeah they need some I mean I'm, I mean, I'm a firm believer that like tough criticism is a, is a necessity yeah because you can just go off doing some whatever bullshit that nobody cares about but everyone's trying to be super nice you know what I mean like there's gotta be a voice of reason somewhere in there well, you know it, kind of what's crazy is I've been watching uh, some of the like DJ's streams from like when COVID hit um, and like I was watching Elenium um and Lenium and Set the Sky, they were making crazy times off of his last album. And, like, you saw them, like, running into problems and, like, stuff like that. And it's just, it's almost like it kind of helps bring it back to home, I guess. Like, to where, like, you don't have to stress so much because even, like, the biggest names out there are doing it, too. And um, I guess that kind of leads into, like, another question I was going to ask. Like, you said um, before when we were hanging out one time that you're looking into getting more into, like, producing and kind of stuff. Um, 
had that always been like a goal or was it kind of more of a like started DJing and now like you want to get into producing? Well, I mean, naturally it's just going to be the next step for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, DJing is cool, mixing other people's music and everything. It and take you so far. Yeah, there's only so much you can do because I mean, if I'm playing, you know, experimental stuff and like that, and I go to open for somebody, I can't play any of their music. You know, that's a big no-no. Yeah. So like, you you have to at some point. And I had done it back in the day, like when I was originally into dubstep and everything like that, um, just like looping and pre-recorded stuff on um, FL. Uh, but now I've gotten into using Ableton and stuff like that. So it's kind of my big focus because I'm transitioning to a, a new job right now. So I'm gonna take this time that I can't use to travel and play in Dallas or Lubbock or anything, um, pretty much up until the the Fear Fest that we're gonna do. Um, oh, we're gonna have my, a booth there, by the way. Mm-hmm. We're having a booth there. Oh hell yeah, we, dude! We got invited to set our shit up up there. Hell yeah! So we'll bring every DJ on. We're actually mm-hmm. thinking about setting all this up and trying to find a somewhat quiet space, you know, like there, but like kind of away, so we can have random people come and sit down. Have conversations. Like the yeah. alien space talk stuff they do. Yeah. yeah. Like, we kind of want to do this, like, not live, but, you know, there. And just mm-hmm. whoever the hell wants to come sit down. So if you want to, oh, you yeah. look for yeah, us. I'm down. It was like, speaking of AT aliens, like, it was so crazy. Like, they keep, like, how much they keep in character. Like, whenever me and Hannah met them for, like, the whole engagement, which this will be a whole nother episode that I'll talk about. We'll probably just do that, you and me. Yeah, meeting AT aliens no. and all that. But, like... Even though they didn't speak and everything, you could see, like, how wholesome they were, like, and just, like, their personalities, like, like, shine through. That blew my mind when you told me they didn't say a single word to you. Yeah. They didn't talk to you? Like, that's wild. Like, a bunch of people were asking, like, if they did a a face reveal, (laughs) and I was like, no. (laughs) Damn. Having to, like, actively think, don't talk. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they just called that dude, uh, Cabby Lane, the dude that does the... Oh yeah, they, yeah. Somebody was showing him something that they drew, and uh, he finally talked. So we heard his voice. He was like, "Dang, that's cool," <laughs> but it, he slipped up. Oh, I could, dude. I would fuck that up so fast. Well, <laughs> I think so there fast. was like a Skrillex interview too, or some. They were interviewing somebody, and like, I think it was Skrillex that accidentally said Marshmallow's like actual name. And then everyone was like, "Oh shit, oh shit!" Which AT aliens? Like, I'm not trying to put them on blast, but like. <laughs> Their names are in all of the like the like cliff notes at the bottom to like to like the copyright stuff like to like who the music goes to and mm-hmm. blah 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 all that well, stuff. They've posted pictures of their face before. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I think it's all about just them. like the character. Yeah. Like when you're in character, you're in character. And what's Sorry, crazy is because I kind of went through a whole down like rabbit hole when I found out we were going to get to meet them, and then like even when you find their names and Google them, like you still can't find much. It's crazy. Yeah, that's cool. I've yeah. always liked that idea of being like a mis- like a mystery. Yeah, you know. I, I wanted to do that. that to start because I wanted to be able to to, to have separate um, identities to be able to play different genres. Yeah, I like. I've had that idea before too. Yeah. That's such a cool idea. <laughs> I was thought about that, but then it's so fucking hot up on stage. Yeah. Oh, you, dude, you're they, telling me. <laughs> they even make accommodations and stuff. Like when you're at most of these places, like when I, when I was in Dallas, I had a fan blasting right in my face. Didn't matter. Still hot. Yeah. Damn. 
Like, I want to know, like, because AT aliens, they wear the hoodies and the masks. Every time. And jeans. I'm yeah. sure they're sweating their ass off. Of like, uh, like, do they have, like, cooling rags and ice packs in there to keep them cool? Or, like, it's got to be hot. I'm sure they're fucking fucking through the whole Because, like, even whenever, like, I DJ in my mask and everything, like, I come out of that thing. And, like, I know y'all have seen me. I'm just like. <gasps> yeah, you look like shit Like, every drenching time in sweat. <laughs> Like how you just ran a marathon. <laughs> Keeping that persona. <laughs> and I don't know, like, for me, like, I've, I kind of want to be more, like, uh, BTSM, where they wear the mask on stage and they keep that persona on stage, but, like, you know who Julian is, you know who the, uh, I forget the other guy's name, you know, you know who both of them are, and they kind of have, like, the personality outside of the DJ personality, and that's kind of, like, what my goal is with my stuff yeah like you recognize the face and everything like that but then they have a whole separate personality that comes out like unleashing the animal yeah because yeah. like even though you know who it is it still kind of keeps the in an, an, anonymity oh I, that anonymity like... yeah <laughs> i can't say it now <laughs> i swear i can word like, shapes are hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, anemone. <laughs> I like turtles. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I don't know, like, um, it's crazy to think about, like, and I have you to think for a lot of my, like, I don't even want to call it success, but just my ability to be able to do this stuff, because, like, uh, I remember the one of the first couple times, I think it might have been at the first party or something, but um, I was going to go try to DJ, but I didn't have anything saved yet or anything. I didn't have a flash drive. And then you were like, uh, first you gave me the flash drive. But yeah, um, you gave me the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you can't tell, we cut to a break, y'all. That was, that was fucking great. I was like sitting there waiting, like, what's he going to do? How's he going to do that? <laughs> mid-sentence okay yeah <laughs> yeah anyways we we're gonna make it seem like we didn't cut through a break but we did <laughs> but yeah uh, what i was saying earlier is you uh, like um i have a lot uh like i have you to think a lot to like kind of get me into doing it because that one party like i didn't have anything saved i didn't have a flash drive i was just gonna go off of like title <laughs> and then you're just like all right yeah i have like a whole bunch of shit just play whatever you want and then that was like my first time actually djing like i had the, my mixture and everything was doing at home i still didn't know what the fuck i was doing but you kind of helped me play in front of people i appreciate that dude um that's one of the biggest things that like i actively think about on a daily basis is uh making sure that it's not just me you know, kind of bringing up everybody that I can, you know, there's enough room for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And like, cause I know we're like, we're all like, I feel like anyone who DJs, we're all kind of like recluses a bit in a way, like we're, we don't talk to anyone unless we're talked to that kind of thing or like, and like, if like, I feel like a lot of us are in the sense of like, if you start talking about something we're into, we're like, oh, okay, now I'm interested. Yeah, we're also <laughs> like hyper interested in what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I, I, I think just being a musician in general, like, 
I feel like everyone kind of is recluse if you're in that kind of realm of things. Yeah. Maybe that's one of the draws about it. You know, it's just a way to express yourself because you don't do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, that man, makes a lot I'm, of sense, though. Yeah. Because just trying to speak out something you don't know how to directly communicate, like that whole... God, what was my train of thought? But. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of feeling this beatbox right now. I know. Like, like these like Texas honeys I've been like downing this whole time. They're starting <laughs> to get to me. <laughs> Let me get back on track real yeah, quick. I know. We're a little fucked up. Uh, a little break. <laughs> um, so basically you said that like um, since you're transitioning jobs that you really don't have, like you're going to have a lot of time to do producing. Um, do you have any shows coming up before, um, before Fear Fest? No, so I, unfortunately I had to back out of the, the one that I did have in Dallas, but it's, it's no big problem. You know, they weren't upset or anything. Yeah. Life happens um, pretty much until Fear Fest. I don't have anything because uh, everything that I had lined up was out of town. So I'm going to spend the next couple months. I really, like I said, a, a tangible goal, something that I can achieve. I want to have two solid songs before then. Oh, yeah. So we've got till October 9th so I, I'm spending most of my time because I'm, I'm working on my set for that but I've also been doing that for a little bit I've been kind of preparing for that one for pretty much since you know we found out about it so I'm uh, putting most of my brain power into trying to put out something that's worth playing in front of people oh yeah yeah I, I, I'm kind of with you in that same boat like that's kind of my next goal too like I've been like hyper focused on like making this song to release as my first single um and like because like uh like you were saying earlier like you, you can only do so much when you're playing other people's music and everything um my buddy was telling me about this thing um he's also a musician uh i forget what the website's called like i'll I'll tell you afterwards when I remember, but they have this thing like to where um, it's like a, a remix contest and uh, they just send you the stems if you enter the contest and you can like remix stuff and kind of make your own sound. And so, I, like, cause I was going to try to get into that and I was going to like hit up everyone else and see like, just so that we all have like, it'd be cool if everyone in like the drip collective or just anyone that's making music in this area, like, we all have like a remix, like you know how they have the re remix EPs of like a bunch of different artists on the same song. Like I think it'd be really dope to do something like that. Yeah, man, that'd be really cool. It's kind of like that idea that um, Jaime threw out a, a while back with the uh, DJ contest. Oh yeah. Whatever happened to that? Just Not didn't, exactly just kind of sure. You know, yeah. I'd have to talk to him and see. I do think about. we should do that, like Battle of the DJs, like how we were having like that land party. Yeah, uh, that's how. That's what you know, sort of what they had the idea to do, but I don't know whatever really came of that. Yeah, seemed like it just fizzled out. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that showed interest, so I don't know why it fizzled out because I saw a lot of people want to get involved with it. Yeah, wasn't that around the time when he was deciding to stop? I, th I think it was, like it was right before he decided he was going to Yeah, I think it was a month or two before. So, I mean, it, it hasn't even been that long since we talked about it, but that's that's probably why, to yeah. be honest. I'm know. sort of sitting there trying to build, like, a timeline. 
Yeah, and like I, I know our main goal with like how we got here in general is to kind of be like a like a conglomerate in a way to where like we're like hosting events and stuff like that. Yeah, but like my goal with this with y'all is, I mean, I don't know, I guess to be the voice and kind of be, I'm going to be like behind all y'all, you know, like this, the podcast at least, you know, and the more people we bring in, it's just another thing for them to be excited about, you know, it's another thing to express, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cause yeah, like uh, like I even talked about in the last episode a little bit. Like uh, I've been trying to get him into DJing. Like he has his own deck now and everything too. Yeah, I play with it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we should we should really like debut like like whenever you have a, like a setup like set that you have ready. Like I think it'd be cool. Just cause... I, I'm having a hard time like being staying decisive. Yeah. With what I want, like I I go one way and then I'll go another way and then I'll go one way and then I'll go another way. I just can't like kind of hone in what I want it to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because I mean, like your music in general, like um, it's 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 all still like bass driven music, but it's it's I, I like if if I could call your your music anything, it would be more like mid tempo, yeah. like kind of like resy, kind of like that. I always have a hard time describing to people what I listen to. Yeah. Every time they ask me, I'm like, I have no idea what to tell you. Like, <laughs> oh, have you heard like Russian EDM music? That shit's super cool. No. Super yeah. cool. That's like half my playlist. Is... <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's kind of like a like tech house, but it like it's there because um, like over there, um, major keys are like more like the sad shit. And then like minor keys are like the happier Their stuff. Their whole like music theory is completely different from like western music theory i mean so. I've, I've listened to rock from over there and stuff yeah it's pretty in- it's like a it's interesting is what i would describe it as because it's different it's definitely like a different vibe yeah and it's hard to like i don't know it's hard to describe actually like I, I did, I did try mixing it too. Like I tried throwing one of the songs in there, and it was, it's really hard to like mix with like say like Ray Volpe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even if you're looking up like just online things that are close to it, those things are like way the fuck off too. And you're like, wow, this is difficult. Actually, <laughs> I've gotten myself in a hole now. Uh, but yeah, like um, I, like I want the goal to be with uh like how we got here and just like everything in general here in Midland, like this to be like the hub that everyone comes to, to kind of like, if you like, especially cause I know, like I was saying earlier, like a lot of us are kind of recluses. Like we don't really like tell you much about ourselves. Like we want this space to be a place where you can go to like, just be like, this is what I have to offer. I just like creating a safe space. I mean, yeah. that sounds like corny and cliche to say, but that's basically what this is. Yeah. You can come here and kind of say what you need to say or what you want to say. Yeah. Kind of in a, I mean, there's, there can be repercussions, but <laughs> <laughs> there very well can be. But I don't know, at least in this moment, it feels secure. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, it's nice to be able to talk about it with other people that can kind of understand um, your reasoning and your thought process behind it. Because, you know, when you try and talk to people that don't listen to it, um, it's really hard. I mean, they kind of shut down because they just don't understand. They're like, 
angry robot noises. They just yeah. do the, oh, yeah, 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 cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, I think for, like, you, like, the active DJs right now, I mean, I think it creates a little more depth to, like, what y'all do. Yeah. Just talking about it. Like, anybody who listens now is going to see you on stage and remember, like, some of the shit you've said and kind of add a add a soul to what you're listening to in that it, sort of it's, sense. It's almost kind of like with uh, how, we were, <laughs> how we were saying about, uh, like, you can only go so far with playing other people's music. I think this also, like, while we're still in the stage of, like, starting to produce and still just DJing like other people's music it kind of gives that like you were saying that that feeling behind like why we play the songs we play a lot of people don't think about like the why yeah like you know you're you're enjoying the music and that's okay that's fine you know but there's always a why why someone's doing something like that yeah or like why they're playing what they're playing yeah you know there's some sort of emotion attached to it to them you know yeah and I don't know, like, it, it, it's, it feels like, it. time is weird, because it feels like, like, because, uh, uh, oh, actually, I was, let me scratch that. So, how long have you been, like, mixing? Has it been, like, under year, over year, like, Like, year? publicly mixing. Like, yeah. How long have you been presenting it to people? Not that long. Maybe six, seven months. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, we've heard, we've seen and heard, like, a lot of it. Pr- pretty much most of it, you know. It's a good thing about, you know, having friends like you guys, you know, just knowing that you've always got someone there to, to support. Yeah. That's a big thing. I mean, if you feel like you're in it alone, there's only so much drive you can really have by yourself. You it's know, really I have like a motto, like alone, you're, you're kind of nothing, but like together, you're everything, you know. It's really hard to self-motivate yourself. So having other like-minded people around you know, seeing their success and their failures and stuff like that drives you that much farther. Yeah. And it almost like you don't want to let anybody down either. You know, it adds a bit of a almost discipline to it. You know, because if you just kind of up and just stop, I mean, there are going to be people that notice that. Yeah, 100%. You know? And you don't want to, you don't want to be that, that guy. <laughs> that makes sense. And like one thing I think that's really cool about the scene here that we have, like, I mean, it's kind of the same everywhere because there's all different type, types of DJs, but we have like a, on the same like show, we have a good like mix of like style. Yeah, there's a really genres. good variety between the active DJs right now. Like it's it's a solid variety. It's like, not the same yeah. shit with everybody. You know? So that way if, shit, but, if you're going to a show like <laughs> like and you're more of a house head, like yeah, you'll get your little bit of house head, but then like headbangers are going they'll also get the, like their little bit of like dubstep and shit. I really need to like work together on a, like basically like a whole set between all of y'all. Yeah. Like really like plan out who's next. Like do the flow. Like almost like break it down on another level. Yeah. And say, like, you know, dubstep here, and then, like, actually plan that to, like, drive a whole night. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of what me and Patrick did with uh, 305 this last time. We were texting each other and trying to figure out the lineup and everything, and I shot him over a lineup because, like, I split it up just basically based on what people's music was and their style and everything, and I was like, my reasoning was literally just to, to keep everybody interested the entire night. Yeah. Not just to, for people to be there for one set. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, if, if y'all blend it really well, 
then everyone's going to enjoy the entire thing, you know? You're not having, like, a whole, like, group of, like, 15 people leaving at one time. Yeah, just because their type of music is over. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, that's, I mean, I get that, yeah. too, on the, same, on the other side of the page. Like, I understand. And, like, we talked about it with, like, Jaime, how, like, how long the scene has been around, but it's, it's really starting to blow up within this, like, past, like... Well, it's, like, relatively new to us. ...couple years, yeah. Like, we're, like, newcomers and all this. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but I think, like, the, the consistency that we've been having here lately, it's, like, really cool. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. I mean, there's a, like I said, like like I said, I think the last two episodes, like every weekend now, there's someone to go see. Like one of your friends is doing something yeah. that you can go see and to support or just be a part of in general. And it's not just like, like fucking like what's his name like, uh, some country singer like performing at a bar. Or whatever. Like the same country singers that come through Midland yeah. every year, that kind of thing. Yeah. It was good. Old. I mean, I, I mean. It, I, I can get down with some two-step every now and then. But, <laughs> I mean, I can enjoy that. Some sometimes. boot scooting boogie. Yeah, some, I mean, that shit's fun, but not all the time. I mean, that's what my whole, our whole life was around here. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. Yeah, just... It's cool to see a new thing starting to blossom. I, I keep on, like, like putting this out there, and I want it to happen, like, uh, EDM, like a West Texas EDM festival, like, takes over, like, where Rock and Rodeo was. Yeah, and we have like every time I drive past that place, I think that like, man, if I had the money, that'd be mine. It yeah, it'd be fucking awesome out there. <laughs> One of these days, because like we've we've had like rock, uh, was it rock the desert? We had because um, they don't do that anymore, do they? Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've seen rock the desert. Well, around. No, no, I'm thinking of. Or uh, Crude Fest. Crude Fest. Like, Did Crude I say Fest Rock and Rodeo earlier? Yeah, you no, did. I, I, knew, meant, I knew what you were I talking about. I meant Crude Fest. I didn't, I didn't yeah, even think Rock and Rodeo is still around. <laughs> Crude but, Fest land is, is what I'm talking about. Because that yeah. place is just abandoned. And they got yeah. a whole ass stage out there and everything. Like campgrounds. They got like setups for RVs. That's a whole fucking thing right there. Yeah. <laughs> like up the street. Wait, and like we could call it like like in the dirt fest or something. Yeah, something yeah, something like that. Yeah, breathing in dirt. <laughs> breathing in dirt. <laughs> that lost lands is already taken. The biggest thing with that is just, we've got to keep up the consistency and show these these venue owners and promoters and stuff like that that it's viable. That's already happening, and like the crude way of putting that. I mean, it just, there has to be money involved. They have to make money. Yeah, like, that, that's all they give a shit about. Like, if you can prove to them, like, we have a crowd of people that will come pay, they'll buy drinks, then they'll let you do it. Yeah. You know? Because even, like, 305 isn't, I mean, that's not an EDM bar at all. No, it's like, you know, and we've basically taken over this, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it's, you know, we've invested that place, if, if you want to look at it like that. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. I mean, we've shown the, the owner there and everything that... There's money know, to be made. There's yeah. people that enjoy this stuff, you know? Like, there's a lot of people that enjoy this stuff. So, if you want to make the money right now, that's what that's what they want. Yeah. You know. Ugh. But, like, me and you, and, the, like, the podcast, we're in a great position to start, like, talking to these people. Yeah, and, you like, know? kind of be the... The voices, you know. Yeah. And, like, uh, I, I still think we should do that, that Red Room party that we were talking about. I would love that. Yeah. We're kind of playing around, like, Halloween, like, kind of... Fear Fest times, but like just renting out a warehouse and uh, 
<laughs> doing and because uh, there was one time we were sitting in his apartment and he had like the lights strung up like there are in here and like we were just sitting there like kind of high <laughs> oh we were fucked up yeah and oh, then we're going too much detail we were fucked up. yeah <laughs> and then uh like he changed the light to red and then like the the shift of the room was like Whoa. instantaneous like we was like it was all chill everything was cool then it went like just like this weird fucking presence over everything. I was like, yeah. holy shit, I feel fucking weird. And I want it to be like that kind of like <laughs> sudden deathy kind of vibe, like, or just that, like. And we both felt it at the same time, like, man, we can use this feeling. Like, we know what this does now. Yeah. <laughs> the power of the Sith. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it felt like. It felt like the dark side walked into the room. <laughs> Darth Vader was going to be standing there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but. But yeah, like I'm, I'm very excited for what's to come with all that we're doing here, and uh, like it's only gonna keep growing. And I like how excited like well, the DJs are to talk to us. Like we're, every time we do one, like after this one, I'm sure we're gonna get a few more names come in and starting to schedule things. And things yeah. are getting complicated real fast. <laughs> like whenever we first made the the first post about it that we were gonna do it. Um, like I think like five different people are like yes I'm so down and remember this isn't like just for DJs we want it to be like for like everyone like like uh like Janine with her clothing line that she brings to all the shows like anybody that has like like a like we can even get like painters on here like and we want it to be all about Z arts yeah the the, the creators around I feel like they're not heard i guess well yeah. i guess i guess if you do feel like you're heard you can come too and <laughs> we were kind of talking about this earlier like we want this like because you know how like when big like big celebrities are like just like singers rappers in general they'll go on the local radio show like oh we want this to be like a hub for like if you're a dj coming through it's like oh you gotta hop on like how we got here yeah and then like i almost like, wanted to turn into a necessity of west at least this area Midland Odessa area, yeah. make it to where like everybody that comes through come kind of comes through us first. Oh, not first, but before they actually perform. Yeah. Uh, that that's when I would want us to kind of slip in there. Yeah. And have our hour with them. Yeah. And I think if we do it enough, you know, it'll just become a known thing. You know, or try hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude! Like our like with our first podcast, we were like we got to the like point where we were kind of getting well well off and everything and then it ended up like we just were like this is too much work <laughs> yeah well it became a lot of work and we didn't have a clear like direction we, yeah, we were just kind of all over the place like we did this we did an interview with like a rapper and then we were like talking about ourselves and then another rapper that was just our buddy yeah <laughs> but we weren't really like involved in anything then yeah like, we had a friend, but that, that was about it. Yeah, so, like, yeah, our main goal here now is to, like, if you have, like, shit coming up that you want to promote, you have, like, a song that you're releasing, like, like I think it would be really cool if we started, like, a record label at some point. Like, I don't, like... <laughs> There's that's, potential there. Yeah. There's really potential for anything. Just that way, because, like, kind of like how you, you were saying earlier with, like, uh, want everyone to grow... Like, while you grow, that's kind of our goal here is to, 
like if we make it to the top like we're bringing everyone with us kind of thing and well, so the more influence we get anybody else on here we'll, we'll get have that kind of same influence you know yeah. or at least that same platform they use that influence yeah <sighs> I feel like I'm like brain dead now. Yeah, same. Like I can can't even process what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I guess we can we can kind of just like end it off here. Um, Unless Joseph, you have yeah. Do, you, do you have say. anything that you want to hit before we like end off the episode? Nothing was jumping out at the moment. I just uh, wanted to say thank you for having me on and uh, letting me, you know, ramble about. You know my life and my experiences with well, we everything like that. <laughs> yeah. If there's anything else, we'll save it for another time, another episode. No, I'm sure. Like, because the more we do it, and the more y'all listen to us do it to other people, the more comfortable people are gonna get. Yeah. Like you're gonna have an expectation, and kind of when you come in here, you already already know what they're gonna kind of ask. Mm-hmm. I already know the sort of idea of it. Like here, you watched us struggle. Just yeah. to get this shit working. Yeah. <laughs> we had a we had a good whole hour of troubleshooting just before we did this. Yeah. So any plan me and Aaron had kind of went out the yeah, window. Yeah, to get the sound that was coming through your ears now. Yeah. <laughs> we were a little discombobulated in the very beginning. <laughs> uh, but hell yeah, y'all. Um, yeah. So it was a pleasure talking to you, Mister Joseph. Yeah, I learned a AKA lot. AKA Prisma. <laughs> um, yeah. So. The, the next thing that you're going to be on is Fear Fest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Fear Fest, October 9th, out at Rolling Sevens Ranch. Both me and your boy Prisma right over here will be there, like, dropping that spooky shit. How we got here, we'll have a booth. Yes, and how we got here, we'll have a booth as well. Like, We're trying to get shirts. But we'll, I don't know if that's we'll invite everyone to come speak if you want to speak. Like, just... Nobody do the fuck right in the pussy. <laughs> Again, I kind of encourage it. I think it'd be funny. <laughs> I mean, if you oh, do it, like, it'll be fine. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, we're excited for the future of everything that's going on here. Like I said earlier, um, DJ Hugo is going to be next episode. I'm excited for that. He yeah. got, we and him had a heart-to-heart about him coming on the podcast. Like a full-on heart-to-heart. He like touched my soul. I was like, I'm so excited for you to be over here. Hell yeah. You're going to make me cry. but yeah uh, again like we are forever grateful to y'all for listening and yeah for real joining along on this ride feedback we've gotten from this is better than any idea we've ever had yeah and it it, it feels good yeah and we can't thank y'all enough this whole this whole community like of course like plur and everything but it really shows like, yeah. And thanks, Joseph, yeah. for watching us fucking have a little. Yeah. <laughs> Be we patient. Had, we had like a little meltdown. Aaron yeah. <laughs> was flipping out there for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, alrighty, y'all. It was a pleasure. We will see y'all next episode. Peace out.